Hey everybody and welcome back to the Pendulum Show. Bamba here with Yodin and Teva and today we're going to be talking about, well, since it's the first day of CMCO in the Klang Valley, it's a topic on everyone's mind. We're going to be talking about whether there should have been a lockdown, whether the restrictions are strict enough mm. uh, and um, yeah, how, how successful we think uh, we're going to be at clamping down on, on coronavirus. So, where do we start? I don't know why Bamba just sounded like I was at the Super Bowl, you know, like, <laughs> hey, better, better, hey, better, better, better. <laughs> but, okay, you know, like, yeah, moving on, right? Yeah. So, what do you, actually, let me rephrase the question back to you, Bamba. What okay. do you think? You are the IQ of the show, as usual. Yes, but I am not the medical expert, so oh, I think that today we will go to Dr. Teva Sharma first. Should we have had a lockdown? Disclaimer, he's not a doctor yet, man, you know. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Disclaimer, yes. <laughs> eh, no lah, my, my views are opposing to yours today for some reason, right? You, you say your views first lah. Okay. Okay. So I don't think, so I think that the aim of the lockdown is not to get rid of the virus altogether, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's impossible to get rid of the virus altogether. That's, yes. that's right, isn't it? Yeah. And so like, a lockdown, all a lockdown is meant to do is to control the spread of the virus. Yeah. And at the beginning, you needed the lockdowns because we didn't have the medical facilities and infrastructure to cope with the influx of cases. Mm. And there was a risk that we can overwhelm the hospitals just like what happened in Italy and Spain. Mm. Right. But now we have had, what, since from... from uh, We basically had seven months, right? From yeah. March until now. Yeah. We have had this much time to prepare for any what uh, wave of cases, cases that, that comes in. We have prepared, definitely, like, we can test much more widely than we did before. We have better contact tracing. All these things are in place. Mm. Uh, so, why do we have the lockdown now? Is the spread uncontrolled? And, obviously, in Sabah, it is uncontrolled, right? Yeah. Like, 400, 500 cases every single day. Yeah. And I was looking at, at the statistics from last week, where 90% of the cases being reported... Was basic were unlinked to any clusters, hmm. and somewhere around a third or to half the cases were from people who reported themselves to the hospital because they already had symptoms, and that's a very bad sign, right? Hmm. Because most cases or uh, a lot of cases are basically asymptomatic; they picked up through contact, contact tracing. tracing yeah. mm-hmm. But these these are symptomatic people, so who knows how many more like in asymptomatic cases yeah. are out mm-hmm. in the wild there? Mm. And ninety percent of cases not linked to a cluster, so so is like widespread community transmission but in the Klang Valley last last week I believe uh, for most of the week we had basically about 30 cases per day in Slango yeah. mm. about somewhere between 25 to at the most like 40 right mm. Mm. and usually less than 10 cases a day yeah. in KL and uh, yesterday I think we reached grand total of 101 patients in ICU beds in the whole country. Yeah. Mm. And especially in the peninsula, uh, other than the clusters which are happening, not in the Klang Valley, right? And it's the Klang Valley, is Slangong, K- KL, Putrajaya, they are under yeah. lockdown. Yeah. But in, in the, the big clusters were in the jails, in Kedah and Penang, right? Mm. And, but here, most of the cases were they, uh, from the existing clusters or from close contact uh, mm. tracing. Mm. I think today there were only like one or two cases which came in because uh, they were symptomatic and they went in and got themselves checked out. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that 
this falls into the category of being uncontrolled yet yeah. in in slang and it doesn't seem to be moving in a tra- in that trajectory mm. like the number of asymptomatic uh, number of symptomatic cases coming in is basically constant mm. so if they're saying that our medical infrastructure can be overwhelmed mm. i think the bigger question is like what were we doing for 7 months mm. uh, that our medical ins- infrastructure cannot cope uh, with this slight rise in the number of cases yeah yeah that's that's my point mumba that's a very long point mumba it's a few points <laughs> to be fair to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so you clearly disagree with the cmco la so you're trying to say la the state wide cmco maybe right? yes state wide yeah definitely yeah okay so why i think this is a good idea is because of two reasons okay ha huh. the first reason is i think this is a good actually there's three reasons but i w- the first and the second and third reasons are quite similar the so the first reason is i think that this is a preemptive strike okay like strike. The, who's attacking us like this like the invasion of iraq <laughs> why you do that why i don't understand you know <laughs> carry on carry yes, on i think this is a preemptive strike because i feel like because the numbers okay two days ago it was 99 lamba clang Yeah. All together 99? Yeah. And today is 76. Yeah. Right? Um so that's that's at least twice the amount of the numbers you stated last week. Mm. Correct? Mm-hmm. Um so obviously there seems to be a I mean there's some sort of an upward trend lah of number of cases, right? Mm. But I, I I agree with your with with, with this oh, I don't agree. It's fact lah that that people who are being who come in for testing now all symptomatic patients, mm. right? But then again We have to understand that if we don't um, lock down now, it'll just get worse. It, I mean, community, the, the community, if everybody was al- allowed to do whatever they want, don't mm. lock down anything at all. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be quite hard to control the virus um, when it gets bad, lah. That's one. Uh, okay, the three points are very, um, very, very cohesive, lah. Okay. So the second point is my, my second point is the fact that Sabah's numbers are uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's <laughs> every day we're getting four hundred plus, you know, yes. right? Yeah, we're pulling all our resources there, right? Mm-hmm. Which means the number of e- even the number of specialists are all. They, I mean, we have uh, every day there are, there are a number of specialists, doctors who are sent to places in Sabah to yeah. to care for the patients there. Because of that, our the peop the peop the number of doctors here is going to be is going to drop. Which means mm-hmm. less people treating people with COVID. That's a, that's another problem. So uh, so the whole um you know how our, our threshold that threshold we need to b- take it a bit lower already. Mm. Right? Mm. Okay? Um and the third fact was the third point was what you didn't say before we started this, right? The whole behavior thing. Right? Mm. If we impose some something such as the CMCO, people are generally going to be apprehensive of going out. I mean the economy is still open right the economy is still open everything is functioning as normal which is something that we need to do to strike some sort of balance between it being over overdone lah you know right yeah um so based on that based on those three points i i think it's a good idea lah it's not like it's not that we're taking a very very overtly like you know lock everything down don't let anybody go to work it's not that bad but to a certain extent we're taking some sort of measures because of the rise of cases as is right now if the yeah. cases go up some more obviously we might go into total lockdown that's that's something we have to we have to come to terms with lah mm. but um 
I don't know. Um, why why do you think this is a bad thing? Is what I'm trying to say. Like, what what's the problem? Like, most of the things that you you could do before, you still can do. What is it that you can't do? That that, that is such a big problem. So I'm, I'm my point. Yeah, let's uh, go to Yodin. Right, right. Uh, who's you? Sorry. Who's who's Yodin? Oh, Yodin. Yodin is the pendulum show actually. Oh shit! Yeah, you are not the guest. You saw how this is what is this what we're talking about? Little did I know that. Okay. So my point is, it it seems to be a common trend that the government resolution or answer to a certain problem yeah. is to take such drastic measures, you know, because I believe the 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 R numbers are basically the rate of infection, right? We don't know. We, it's not transparent to us. But if we deduce it from the number of cases, as what Bamba mentioned, over a period of seven days, even the right? R is one point one nine. Okay, is that high or low? Um, whether it's high or low, I mean, it's less than two lah, which is a good thing. Exactly. So I mean, like, it's a good thing. I mean, it's not a, it's not a great thing though. Yeah, it's not. But it does it warrant a statewide lockdown? Is mm. my question, Mm-mm-mm. right? So on that note, if you even if you if you didn't know the numbers, I didn't know it before this, but you deduce it from the number of cases that are not linked to the cluster, it is still quite low and quite little. And the I'm not sure how much e- uh, medical resources being pulled back from this particular state to Sabah. Maybe if they were to allocate it um, efficiently from other states as well. To, because they obviously they planned a lockdown within Sabah itself if they planned accordingly to make sure there was sufficient medical staff and mm. equipment and beds all in place in Sabah obviously they have makeshift uh, places to care for these uh, patients but does the cost-benefit analysis here state that okay because maybe a, definitely the st- a state in Sabah which the numbers of cases that they are having on, on a day-to-day basis just warrant a nationwide lockdown and obviously it was apparent when after the Sabah elections it came here and it started to spread here mm. as well so but again going back to the R number it, I don't think it's such a significant number to warrant a statewide lockdown maybe if they were to impose targeted lockdown on certain districts or to prevent these clusters from growing and spreading that would have been better but I do agree with the point which is what I mentioned earlier on more of the behavioural thing like, you know again I mean were we before the lockdown even be- at, the, at the point of like 7, 8 cases a day I, I mean I wasn't here at the time but then I mean how strict were people following SOPs mm. right uh, social distancing even to a safe degree M- maybe Maybe that was also maybe uh, why on a behavioral matter or behavioral note is in order to make sure that it is effective, drastic measures need to be taken lah. So maybe that's something that the government has realized uh, was effective. Yeah, um, good point, Bayerin. Um, I'm trying to think whether these targeted lockdowns even worked. Did they work? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Even right now, right? Okay, so economic centers are open right most of the economy is open still yeah, yeah. you can dine in with two people yeah uh, technically you all need to go back to work uh, go back to work uh, you need a letter most people aren't going back to work but yeah. they're still free to operate outside of their home they go freely yes. they just can't go district they can't cross districts right yes that's it there's no radius um, targeting here nothing of that sort so even on that note is this going to be effective what do you think? I think that the government is is facing 
two realities, right? There's a cost and benefit. Like we we spoke about this last week also, right? There's a cost and benefit to any lockdown. Mm. The benefit is the reducing the number of of COVID infections. The cost is economic activity, right? Yes. People are losing their jobs. It is starting to bite now, right? Yes. And even though you say like, uh, all sectors of the economy are allowed to operate. Number one, uh, F and B, entertainment, sporting, recreation, uh, all these uh, tourism, all these sectors, mm. they are not going to be operating at full capacity. Yeah. There is definitely going to be an impact on them. The government is saying, you know, we shouldn't worry that the the economy is 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 allowed to function. Industries are allowed to operate, but the mere fact that people cannot move around, the mere fact, and and also the fact that you have clamped down on certain sectors of the economy because these are sectors of the economy, right? Yeah, it is creating a cost. And people are really beginning to feel the cost now. People, uh, you know, small businesses which could have held, which held up for a few months, they are reaching the point at which they they can't yes uh, make it. Yeah, they can't cope with it. with with two weeks having no business. You you see all the stories about the small like garages and uh, which have lost all their business. Uh, these are not uh, people who have the means to fend for themselves uh, for an extended period of time and yeah. moreover to do it repeatedly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the cost is much greater than it was at mm. the beginning. Mm. Uh, the the cost is much greater than it was at the beginning because right now we are already struggling. Like just think about the airline industry, right? Yeah. The airline industry, all three major airlines in Malaysia are on the verge of bankruptcy, mm. right? Mm. Air Asia may not be a going concern. MAS probably can't be safe. Malindo cutting like two thirds of their staff. I think they want to reduce to something like five, uh, five planes or twelve planes. Ridiculous number, right? Yeah. And uh, tourism is like eleven percent of our economy. Mm. Tourism has basically been shut down. All international arrivals zero, mm. right? Now the most prosperous part of the country cannot travel even domestically. Yeah. What is the, the the impact of that? It's not just going to affect Selangor; it affects the rest of the country as well, yeah. right? So, considering that the cost is so great, I feel that the government should at least have some guiding principle for when a lockdown should be applied, when these measures should be applied. Yeah, and uh, maybe they do, but it's not made clear to us, right? Yeah. What is the condition? Under what conditions will you reimpose all these res- restrictions? Mm. It's not being told to us, right? Because last week, Prime Minister said. Uh, we cannot go back into lockdown. The economy cannot survive. Yeah. Few days later, the m- the most economically important part of the country is put into lockdown. Yeah. So what is the principle? We we don't know. Like okay, what you said makes a lot of sense to me. I understand. Like uh, the medical resources needed in Sabah, and so we have a bit of a shortfall here, and that may cause the threshold to lower a bit. But you have given me this reasoning. Has the government given us this reasoning? Mm. The it's government has yeah. not explicated that this is the reason we need to have a lockdown. Yeah. It's not been stated. And they have basically U-turned 100% on, on their policy because they said it's no transparency, more. Transparency, yeah. Yeah, no, they said transparency and they also said we can't do a lockdown. Yeah. What has changed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Maybe there are things going behind the doors that we do not know of. The Maybe the numbers that are reporting that are not. I think that to is fall, quite uh, universally known fact at this point, la. So but I mean, if that's the case, then drastic measures, la. If the numbers being reported are not right, mm. I mean, uh, 
that's a speculation that it's hard to get into, right? True. But I mean, at this point, we are all making speculations also, Mike. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. I, I'm just asking the question, you know, what, uh, what's, what's the criteria that needs to be fulfilled mm. for us to have a lockdown, number one? Mm. For us to lift the lockdown, number two? Yeah. Right? Mm. Uh, Do you think it's a, some sort of political move? Because that's what my father said today. A lot of people are saying that. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's hard to speculate, uh, right? What do you think? What sort of political move? Uh, I mean, if it's in relation to Anwar, I don't see how a two-week lockdown in the state would swing anything. Mm. If anything, it actually, it, it worsens their image. It worsens the current government's image because, like Bamba said, they have mutant on a lot of things. Yeah. And even when they said lockdown, it took a little bit of pressure to negate on certain policies like the two person dining thing yeah. that was quickly U-turned in a, less than a day maybe right because clearly as Bamba said the small businesses particularly FMB they're going to suffer they've they were already used to the fact that they were bouncing back and especially towards the end of the year mm. you know uh, where they would need to try and prime up for a good last quarter, quarter yeah. right and right now that's been like slam shut for them lah. and I know you may you may think two weeks is not that long, but my concern is, and maybe for most people is, if they can do this for two weeks and the numbers stay the same, why why would they not continue it? Is my my other question, right? Mm. Let's say because right now the numbers are still relatively similar, and the number of cases related to the classes was also similar before the lockdown. It's still similar today. So in two weeks, if the numbers stay the same, why would I not think that it would go on? Is one thing. I think that, again, that's also because the government can easily change their minds. They've proven it time and time again. They cannot stick to their word. They said no lockdown last week. Boom. Few days later, lockdown. So if they said two weeks, no one's going to hold on to these two weeks, you know. Yeah. So if it's a political move, I don't think it's a very smart one, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, politically, like, it has successfully delayed whatever scheme was going on uh, this week, right? Uh, I don't think that we want to like get too into that, uh, the whole like Anwar situation. But you know, just today also, um, the palace they were supposed to meet all the party leaders to validate yeah. his claim, they and they had and and today the palace has said they are postponing all those meetings until after the lockdown is over, mm. because the palace itself is going into a semi lockdown. Semi lockdown. So, yeah. it has been successful in in that regard. If it was a political move, but. I think the the larger point is that uh, you want some kind of stability and certainty, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's not being offered. Yeah, yeah. The there is no clear policy, and you know, let's go back to Monday, lah. Monday was it when the lockdown was announced? Mm. Yes. Yes. Monday, it's announced in in uh, our minister's Zoom call. Yeah. Ah, uh, seemingly on the spur of the moment, his phone was ringing halfway. Yes. The SOP for Klang Valley, for Selangor, KL, Putrajaya was what? Like four or five lines? Yeah. Mm. Uh, people were calling the MKN, the National Security Council. They have a hotline, right? To ask yeah. about SOPs uh, during MCO. People were calling them until the evening, basically, to ask for the SOP. And they kept on saying, it's going to be coming out soon. When I say in the evening, I mean yesterday evening, yeah. which is Tuesday. And the lockdown was going to be uh, started at midnight. Midnight, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. is so it clearly uh clearly it, it feels like it was decided more or less on the spur of the moment 
it feels like uh, it was not something it was not as if the government had you know a game plan no if the cases reach mm. such and such a number yeah. we are go- uh, that's when we're going to have to impose a lockdown these are the exact restrictions that we need to put into place if this happens it doesn't feel like that right no, it just it feels like uh, all of a sudden and because there was a kind of outcry against the politicians last week uh, when the cases started spiking in peninsula mm. and so they felt we had to do something yeah and yeah. so they did this yeah very true yeah very true yeah. um uh, i can see that point but i want to reiterate the fact that these are unprecedented times law and you know um i i mean i i can see like how it it, it seemed very rushed that's for sure mm. but i don't know i i feel like um uh my question is what kind what what are the restrictions that are so radical that it's okay your your point about not all of the economy is open taken aren't that i mean just think about retail retail spending right hmm. is probably a very big chunk of the of the economy right yeah where is the retail spending going to be you can't visit malls you can i mean that you are allowed to only to go out for essential supplies basically right yeah uh, yeah 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 What's going to happen to these retail outlets? I mean, it's it's not just the businesses themselves; it's the people who work for them, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, that alone on its uh, on its own is such a big part of the economy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, retail spending can't recover if also the rate of unemployment hasn't recovered. Mm. Same point. You can't spend if people don't have money. Mm. You know. Yeah. So that is one major concern, lah. But again, it's just I'm thinking about. The f- if you go back to the few events that probably caused this again like s- slightly touching upon the Sabah elections right and again i also feel very strongly we still believe that the numbers are underreported right now yeah. we don't know what uh, number was being reported back then for Sabah and why would it be underreported there would also also be to motivate the voter turnout to be higher than usual or be a not for normal rate if the numbers were numbers low. were low enough yeah so obviously again this this power grabbing thing and whatever promises kept can't be kept uh, promises made can't be kept by this government and i feel that these moves are not actually in a long term side because i feel it only benefits them as long as there's no election right now because maybe if they were to have a general election in the near future I think they perform incredibly badly but also what is the alternative lah yeah. right yeah but I feel like it's just it's not smartly played here and if it really if people can actually think and understand if they even if they believe it was politically driven right it does not paint a good light on them whatsoever you know and it, right now it's just pissing me off lah honestly like <sighs> god damn it lah <laughs> All right, so very heated. Sorry, sorry. It's un- understandable, understandable. So, uh, yeah, I think the next question is, when should we lift these restrictions? Mm. Objectively speaking, right. So we are at about sixty to seventy cases slang on in KL mm, every 76 day. Seventy-six today. Yeah, seventy-six today. Seventy-six. Yeah. So yeah, at what point do we say that it's safe to lift the lockdown? Mm, good question. Because they say like usually the these ways take like 
three or four weeks at least yeah. to pass, right? So I mean, it doesn't seem like this is a two week thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, the point of which we should safely lift the lockdown. I mean, as you said, lah, there are no SOPs to when uh, is a good time <laughs> to lift the lockdown. But I'm guessing probably when the numbers go below twenty, lah. My goodness. <laughs> To go I below 20 over a consistent amount of time is too much. I have enough. a feeling it's going to be 20 like day. I'm not kidding. I mean, it just like... It, it just feels like ridiculous that when you have like 30 to 40 cases a day, right? I mean, what are the number of people who get checked into a hospital for any reason yeah, yeah. in a day in yeah, Selangor? Yeah, yeah. I'm betting it's in the hundreds, right? Easily. Yeah. Right. And, when, and, and so you say like, when we have... 60, 70 cases a day That's a threat to the The medical <coughs> system It just doesn't it, it just doesn't compute for me mm. Do you understand Do, do you understand why I, I, I feel that way? No Like It, it, it doesn't make sense to me that uh, we, we, That we do not have the infrastructure To deal with that Why? Uh? Okay, maybe you can help yeah. uh, Give us some light on this why is it that you feel like we have the infrastructure to deal with this? Well, because we have been preparing for it since basically since February, right? We have been mm, preparing February, no lah. February, March, April, March, really? March. We, we saw it. March is when the isn't MCO didn't MCO uh, start in, in March? Yeah, yeah. The MCO yeah. started in March, so, but for the whole system to get used to the fact that there are these incredible number of COVID cases, maybe late March, uh, early April, lah. I I mean to say that. We have been preparing for it. Ah. We have been making preparations okay, okay. since then. Okay. And I, I, I don't know. I would think that the preparations include putting in place this extra capacity. Mm. Because again, what is the what is the point of the lockdown? The first lockdown that we had, I I thought the point is that we need to be able to build up the capacity. We first of all need to slow the spread so that it doesn't overwhelm our system. Yeah. We second of all need to build up the capacity in the system to deal with the number of cases yes. because it is not going away. We mm. cannot get to zero yeah. until there is a vaccine, right? Mm. And that yeah. vaccine can be here a year from now, two years from now. Nobody knows, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are not going to be sitting at home for f- until no. twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. So surely that was so. That was the point of the lockdown. Is mm. that that is that correct? That uh, was the point of the lockdown. Uh, the second point, I don't think that they put any resources into increasing capacity of infrastructure. I think well, that's my la. problem. La. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, uh. they can have a golf tournament on their dime, <laughs> but then they can't allocate money for increasing capacity. And especially in a state where it contributes 40% of the GDP, like, yeah. that makes no sense. In yeah. one state, you know. One I can state. tell you for a fact that they're not increasing capacity. La. No, I'm, I mean to say, uh, in the Klang Valley, right, there are what, seven to one quarter of our population lives in the Klang Valley. Mm. One quarter of 30 million, what is that, eight, uh, seven to eight million people live here? Yeah. And you're saying to me that when we have 60 to 70 cases per day, uh, we have had seven months to prepare, right? Mm. And we don't have the beds, the supplies, the, the resources to, to, to deal with that or to be confident about dealing with that number of cases. Mm. Mm. I yeah. That, I mean, it just, it just seems incredible to me. La. Yeah. If mm. it was 70 deaths a day, that might definitely warrant, uh, obviously warrant maybe a lockdown. Because obviously the number of cases for it to have yeah. 70 deaths would have been a lot. That maybe makes more sense. But 70 cases a day, I mean, the number itself seems minute. But then you, I don't know, I'm trying to 
uh, extrapolated to 90, because 70, days, 70, 70, so 70, 70. Yeah, 70, 70, 70. So the active cases in this Increase. medical centers is just going to be a lot, I guess. But even so, la, like Bamba saying, this should have been prepared. La, and there has the number for it to reach over capacity should be higher. In mm, my mm. opinion, but obviously easier said than done, la. I mean, okay, obviously, like a place like Singapore is so much richer than us, right? Yeah. But they had so many more cases than we did in in a population that is so much smaller, right? Yeah. yeah. And yet, at no exactly. point was was the system overwhelmed. Now, obviously, obviously, they have so much uh, more. Uh, they they have the wealth, they have the income to to deal with that, la. But, I mean, uh, what we have now does not compare to what was happening at the mm. height of the pandemic in. Uh, in Singapore, mm-hmm. uh, it does not compare even to like what's happening right now in um, Philippines and Indonesia, mm-hmm. right? And yet, uh, what I mean, I guess my question is why? Why is it that we are not able to deal with that? Uh, yes, we are sending resources to Sabah. I know they s- they are sending like uh, a dozen, uh, two dozen or so uh, medical personnel every week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is is it just that the doctors are being sent there? Is that the only reason, or is it just that we did not put in place like enough? Uh, we didn't set enough aside enough beds, enough wards, enough uh, extra facilities outside of hospitals, even uh, for the less serious cases. Did mm. we not take these steps in the past few months? And is that why we have to lock down now? I think you're right. Because <coughs> I don't. <coughs> as far as I know, there's no increase in infrastructure or any of that sort. Mm. And on top of the fact that we're sending our specialists to mm. Sabah uh, you see uh, this uh, as I said before it's unprecedented this is a whole new thing mm. it's a whole new virus we cannot let any doctor deal with it so it's going to be respiratory physicians it's going to be quite specialised physicians who deal with these sort of cases yeah right mm. especially if you require ventilator support like I mean yeah. it's not you know lah I mean if you require ventilator support that will require a ventilator specialist itself mm. right and Again, let me say, like, again, I, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we were to require, if 400 over cases in Sabah every day, they don't, I'm pretty sure they don't have enough ventilators, enough, any, enough of any of these resources there. So I think because they see the, okay, knee-jerk reaction, they saw the numbers in Sabah, right? They're like, holy shit, we cannot control that. That's, then they see the numbers here are slightly spiking also. How, how they mitigate Preemptive. the problem, they, they stop the spread here completely or try to at least to, to their best extent and pull all their resources back to Sabah so that they can control the numbers there. Because if not, it's going to spread to Sarawak and it's going to spread to Brunei and the whole thing is going to be bad. On top of the fact that, you know, lah, how with SOPs in Sabah and Sarawak, I don't want to say it, but like, you, you know, there are people there, they're not... I mean, they, they, I don't they, they anyway had the election, which was... <laughs> ah, ah, that was the other thing. Okay, we'll say the election, and then, as you said before, like, we can enforce SOPs. How many people are going to, you know, follow these SOPs, are going to be okay? There's so many people living not within radiuses of the hospitals. Okay. They need to be treated as well. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm thinking of all the resources that you would require to actually mitigate, to actually control the problem in Sabah. Because yeah. controlling the, pro- I think the expense of controlling the problem in Sabah, comparative to the expense of controlling this, the problem here, is going to be far greater lah. Because of space, because of amount of people, and access to these people. That's a fair point. That is. Ah, Baba, you come, you come. 
the who, only who? The, the only thing that okay so uh you you know best about the no the, i don't no no i mean i mean you would know better than me like uh obviously like the types of doctors that they need to send there and how mm-hmm. many we have you know respiratory specialists and and so on lah mm. <coughs> as far as uh ventilators go right i think yesterday the number of cases in icu it just touched a hundred mm. nationwide mm. so like when at a hundred cases in icu a uh, hundred icu beds occupied is do we start running out of ventilators then not here they no i know oh. but we can send ventilators and equipment to sabah right we're talking about the nation mm. as a whole when we have 100 cases in icu mm. is that already when we we start worrying about running out of ventilators illa when we have about 400 cases a day in sabah yeah there's going to be an increase in ventilator support at a point yes but i mean uh, yeah, right now saying, no lah what, what i'm saying is that if you are on a ventilator you're definitely in the icu right correct So there are 100 cases in ICU and so I would assume that not all those cases are on ventilators. No. So you less than 100 ventilators required at the moment. Mm. Wouldn't you say? And wouldn't you think that uh in the past few months we have been increasing our stockpile of ventilators just like every other country in the world has, right? Mm. So my, that's my question lah. Like is is that already a cause of concern at 100? Uh? Yeah. At 100. No. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But like uh, I mean Alluding to my first point, lah, preemptive, lah. Okay, okay. Just, and yeah. l- l- the other point is, you have to transport these ventilators all the way to Sabah. Yeah. And in two rural spaces in Sabah, in case yeah. they may require it, I think the whole thing, like, I mean, like, I agree with your point completely. Yeah. With the the whole it being so rushed, it seemed like a complete knee-jerk reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe um, I didn't think about, I didn't think about you know how it would affect. Certain sectors of the economy still, even though most of it is open, right? But again, I need to uh, reiterate the fact that, you know, it would probably be worse off. Mm. It would probably, we would probably be worse off if we didn't have the lockdown. Maybe, maybe the restrictions are a bit too heavy. Maybe, maybe, maybe they can. Uh, you can allow or maybe shorten the amount of time in retail outlet stores or something like that. Maybe they could have done that. But I am guessing they only even use this SOP that we have right now in pra- in practice right now because they don't have any other SOP that they came up with, so they just use whatever that they already know that kind of works. Right. Right. See, all this would all this would require like constant changing if you want to mm. actually deal with the virus at the same time be able to open the economy completely. Correct, not. Yeah. And I mean, judging by the way our government works, right? Everything is a. Uh, Slow turtle-like process, bro. <laughs> takes a long time yeah. before something happens, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some it takes a long time before something changes, right? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, if that point was communicated to us. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Fine. You know, we can we can sit at home for two weeks, lah. You know, I would I would take two weeks. It's just that it was. It seemed very rush. It. Uh, it wasn't very transparent at all, um, and we just—I don't know whether you can trust whatever they're saying. Yeah. I don't know who to trust in this particular. I mean, that's the general narrative in our government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. So that's, that's why there's more of this backlash. If you actually, if someone from the government explained it to me, if the way, I were to have a PC, right? If you had a PC, cool. if maybe you from the pendulum show, I have a hundred and twenty-three people already. Wait, what? Excuse me. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
What? I have the majority of them. Oh. Tomorrow PC is 8 p.m. Okay. Um. <laughs> The Pendulum show is officially ended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Prime Minister the elect. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, so they will be the king tomorrow. Please uh, watch out. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, what do you think, like, You know, if at, if let's say someone held a press conference, gave this explanation, yeah. okay, yeah. there would have been backlash. Maybe they would go back to like mm. you caused the spread in Sabah or underreported the case in yeah. Sabah in the first place, brought it back here, mm. so you are at fault. It opened themselves up for criticism. Yeah, but if they still gave the sort of ex- explanation, would you buy that? I might. I might. Mm. Uh, I would be mad, like I am mad now that yeah. we are not prepared to deal. Yeah. Deal with this number of cases. Yeah, it feels like we went through basically two to three months of hell earlier this year for nothing because we are, we are nearly back to square one, right? Mm. Yeah, I would be mad, but if if the situation is laid out like that, yes, I think I would. Uh, I would I would accept it. Like, but yeah, uh, on another point, I mm. have to make. Um, so a lot of my um friends have been applying for housemanship as well, mm. and all of that has been backlogged. Right, mm. so you have these new doctors that they can push out into the to the system right. to try and mitigate the problem, but that is prob- is not working again because government works slowly, and they don't want to pay the house. And they don't want to. On top oh, of yeah. the fact that we don't have enough hospitals, you know this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We yeah. always have. We always list here this every year. You know, they come up with this statement like, "Oh, we've produced four or five thousand uh, medical students, but they have no placement in uh, in housemanship." Everybody's being um, deterred from going into medical school because of this problem. Yeah. But if you look at the problem, ag- actually look at the problem. If you honestly actually look at the problem, we still have understaffing in places like HKL, you know, which is our biggest. I mean, what is yeah. our best hospital? Uh, I mean, we, this literally the best we can do, you know. Mm. And I have seen wards where <laughs> we have 20, 30 patients on one houseman, and they can say things like, "We are producing, we're overproducing doctors." Really. Oh, we should actually do an episode. This is, I mean, you can see this is all the effects of all those years of backlogging and keeping everything. You know, everything r- moves so slowly in at least the the Ministry of um, Health, right? Mm. Everything mm-hmm. moving so slowly in Ministry of Health. Now you see its effects, lah. We don't have enough. We don't have enough specialists to go out there. I mean, yeah. To become a specialist, mate, you have to serve for quite some time, you know. Yeah. Mm. And if you don't even have a head start, yeah. even right now in this current pandemic, we don't have. We have. People who are still in the system who are not being deployed yet. Yeah, I mean that's your problem right there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, as you said, like this lack of infrastructure. Yeah, this was a this has been a problem for years on end, right? Yeah, we've not had enough hospitals. We do, we've not reached the number of um you know that what's that statistic that one doctor to how many amount of people in the community? Yeah, we never reached that the WHO one no, mm. right? Many issues lie uh, and like, yeah so. I would say that this is all the manifestations of all the problems that we used to have, and it's finally showing its head right now. Mm. Right. Mm. That's a also a good point. That's very depressing. Huh. It is yeah. bro depressing, depressing. Wow. Okay, so I'm actually just more mad than I am right now. <laughs> yeah, I was like half an hour ago. <laughs> and Teva was supposed to be the devil's advocate and actually, you know, calm this. <laughs> yes. Calm this down. Huh. Okay, okay. So, uh, y- let's bring it back to now, right? So I'll tell you, like, if I was utterly cynical, right? Mm. 
this is what I would think about the lockdown. Mm. Is that uh, Sabah election happened. Sabah cases were spiking. The government did not take any adequate measures. They said you can take one test at KLIA and go home, right? Mm, yes. And not just go home, go out and about, right? Yep. There was no home quarantine. Mm. Politicians came back from Sabah. It seems like they didn't want to impose these restrictions because they because were coming they back were coming from back. Sabah and they did not want to go under quarantine. Yes. That's how it feels, right? Yep. And these guys came back from Sabah. They didn't quarantine. They didn't even bother to take any precautions. They traveled all across the country. Went for parliament, all sorts. The PM organized a golf tournament in Desaru. The weekend when we were breaking these records, yep. there was this huge outcry. You know, so not just social media, like people in general were mad, you know, that uh, we had done so well and then it's the political elite which messed it up, right? Mm. Uh, and golfing game, is still allowed. Mm, golfing still, even until now, golfing Even until is now, golfing is still yeah. allowed. Yeah! <laughs> and these guys were so complacent. I think that the home quarantine order for uh, travellers from Sabah only imposed on Sunday. Like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Two, two days ago? Three days ago? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It was in the news today that it, it announced today that on Sunday they started, and so then the PM has press conference says we can't lock down the economy and basically had a story time of uh, yes yeah did. his weekly story time and told us absolutely nothing. Yep. People were even more upset, and they saw this reaction. They saw the uh all these political moves happening at the same time. They got uh they got frightened and rushed to impose this lockdown. Yeah. That's what. The cynic uh, in me would, would say about all this. Do you think that that's a fair narrative? <laughs> Remember, I've internalized your cynicism. Uh. <laughs> and I completely agree. <laughs> all oh, I can yeah. say is preach. <laughs> I have nothing else to add because I feel the same 100%. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it really does seem that way, love. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, like. I'm just thinking two weeks from now is that the end? Mm. If cases still stay the same what what else can we do? Is the government going to continue the lockdown? I don't think so. And then if they don't continue the lockdown they'll ask why, we'll ask why did you go into lockdown in the first place if the numbers haven't changed the lockdown didn't work you only imposed this SOPs clearly it wasn't effective yeah. then what? Again we're back to square one. Right? Then I then I feel what happens next is that this feeling of we I guess we have to just start living with this will kick in, yeah, in a in a much more widely accepted manner maybe yeah and the you, basically people's discomfort will overcome their fear yeah correct at, yeah at some point that will happen right yeah we, I agree because there is a there is a limit to how much of this we can take yep. You know, the, I mean, it's not just the economic losses. You think about the mental health uh, issues, right? Widely documented all over the world. World well, Mental uh, Health Day yeah. was on Sunday. I abuse. Think. Abuse. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Abuse. Domestic abuse. Domestic abuse, yeah. On the rise every time there's a lockdown. Mm. All these things come into play, right? Uh, religious gatherings. Also, is a need for many people. Uh, and if you... Uh, how, at some point, people will just... Do, do you agree that, that at some point people are just going to say, you know what, there's only so much we can do. Uh, we can be careful, we can avoid, you know, large gatherings, um, social distancing, yes. Uh, but beyond that, yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree that at some point 
people's um, discomfort would overcome their fear. Yeah, I agree with that. But I have a feeling that when that happens, right, Bamba, they just go into total lockdown. Can we go into total lockdown? I think that I think that at the end of the day, right, the lockdown also depends on people to obey just as much as it depends on the government to enforce True. it. And when 100%. people no longer uh, no longer trust the government, no longer believe that this is effective. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of pent up frustration, lah. You yeah. you see what's happening in the states, right? It's also a result of this. Yeah. People being bottled up. Yeah. Right. And then as soon as they have a uh, outlet to unleash it, right? You see all kinds of of chaos happening there, right? And uh, thank God that we didn't have the same kind of restrictions here that lasted for six, seven months, like you had, like in the states, in New York, places like that, or yeah. in the UK, or in Australia, you know, in Victoria. But if you look at these Western countries, right? Not just in the US, you know, when they're trying to reimpose lockdowns in Madrid, they had riots. In mm. Italy, you had huge protests. In France as well. Mm. I th- uh, even in Israel, where they have, they were having like seven thousand cases a day in a country with like thirteen million people. Yeah. And there, when they tried to impose a lockdown, there were huge protests as well. People just no longer could accept it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see. Uh, we can get to that point for sure. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I mean, it'll be something new for us as a nation, but I mean, you, there's only so much people can take, lah, you know? Yeah. Oof. Okay, lah, we keep on talking about, like, <laughs> this topic, which is always ends on, a, like, a gloomy note, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's the reality of things, that. Yeah, it right? is. It is the reality of things. Yeah. Any uh, good news this week, Yodin? Um, <laughs> not for me, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. We all spending more time with our families. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine, you know. We save on food. I guess people go back into the saving, the saving habit. Mm. Uh, that's one silver lining, I guess. Oh, but, yeah. you know, people need to go out. And yeah. at least go for a job. You can go for a job. It's allowed. Go for a jog, man. Yeah, I went for yeah. a walk yesterday. Mm. Oh yeah, you can't even go for a jog anymore. Huh? You can, you, you can, can, you can, you can. You can. You can. Oh, s- single person activities you can do. I don't know. I, I, they didn't even say that. <laughs> I don't know. You just know. can't. In terms of movement, what is restricted is just going out of your district. Oh, sports and recreation also, right? Yeah, uh, contact sports. Contact, contact sports. Yeah. 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 You know what? Let's uh, end on a positive note. Uh, you know. Uh, has anybody been watching anything new on Netflix? Jesus. On Netflix? Oh, I watched, I, I just finished um, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh. Yeah, so we, we were watching That's that, That's supposed right? to be yeah, positive, That's po- uh, Yes. It was, it was good, lah. Yeah. The ending was, it tied it up really well. I really liked it. Ah, yeah. interesting. Interesting. Uh, but I found it a bit like slow and kind of... Really, yeah? Huh? It, it felt like a lot of filler. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I can get where you said that. I mean, I haven't watched the show in about one and a half years, lah, Bamba. So, right. Hmm. Okay. 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 Great recommendation. Bad yes. segue. Recommendation. <laughs> 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 Bad segue. Okay. So, uh, maybe we ended here. Yeah, I think we should. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, thank you very much to everyone who has been listening until this point, <laughs> and um. I guess that's it from us. Uh, my name is Yodin. I'm Bamba. I'm Teva. And we'll see you next week.